Good morning. I'm Darrell Gunter, your host for Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. I'm so pleased to have a industry colleague and friend, Mr. Richard Padley, who's the former and founder CEO of Semantico, and now he is a hotelier and pub owner. Richard, welcome to the program. Thank you for making time to share your thoughts on leadership. Thank you, Darrell, for, uh, for asking me to, to have a chat with you today. Uh, it's a great pleasure. You know, it's always good to have uh, some of our industry leaders uh, who have uh, built, bought, and sold companies and have started new businesses. So I'm so happy you're taking time to, to be with us today. But before we jump into Symantico and, and the history there, can you share with our audience some of the highlights about your education and experience? Sure. So I guess, I mean, you know, I, 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 you know, you know, winding back to the most recent thing was obviously, I, it was, I, 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 you don't, you, I say obviously, you don't know. I live in Brighton most of the time, although some of the time now I live in Italy as well. Um, and I, I was lucky to, to, to go to the Sussex University. We have two universities in Brighton. So I, I, I did a course, one of the very first courses they offered in computer science, um, which was before that it had been artificial intelligence had been the big thing that there was there kind of, uh, you know, they were very strong in that area. And when they started to roll out computer science courses, I was on the very first year that they, they did those courses. So I, um, in a sense, that was quite lucky because it gave it, you know, it was a very small cohort of, of, of students and, and we had a, a, we had a lot of interactivity with the with with the uh, with the team there and we got a lot of opportunity to kind of give them feedback and, and and tell them how the course went so um yeah I studied computer science at Sussex University before that I was very lucky again to 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 go to a, a great school in 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 Kent in in the UK um, and uh, you know we had I t- I, the reason I bring it up is really because you know we had we had a we had a technical centre there which was kind of unusual at the time in 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 the eighties in the UK we uh, we had a uh, we had the ability to to you know to build our own projects essentially so you could go into this place some people built model aircraft some people built robots um, you know and you've got to imagine this was in the eighties so these weren't kits this was you know you you built this thing from scratch you had support but essentially a lot of these things were you know you were on your own. And we were, you know, we were there building building um, computers out of microprocessor chips. So, you know, very early on, you know, we were sitting there soldering into the into the late at night and and, and writing machine code. Um, so it was, uh, you know, I suppose going into tech after that was a was a very easy progression for me. Wow. Okay. And so let's let's talk about your 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 journey to um, to to develop Semantico and to build it. When did when did that first start? So I got involved um, in the publishing industry, first of all, because, um, you know, again, through, I suppose, through just, you know, it's a, you know, you look back on things and you think, well, that was, it was being in the right time at the right place is a, is a lot of, a lot of the, the reason why you start doing things, first of all. And, you know, I was, I was working, um, I got a job in a publishing company, um, Macmillan, it was, and they, they you know, the job was, a, it was a data entry job. It was very, very simple. Come on, we've got a database. We need some. We need some somebody to to put some 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 data out. I I got hired to do that, um, and it was uh, the first thing I did was look at the database. And said this isn't working properly. You know, we, we clearly you know we need some. You know, this needs some. This needs some help. 
Um, unfortunately, you know, they were, they were, you know, it was, again, I suppose it was early days for the, in that industry. So, you know, we um, very quickly got, got to an agreement that I would, I would help fix up the database system for them. Um, and, you know, I, I did that as a, as a freelance contractor for a number of years. Um, and then the work started to kind of become very much more um, heavy duty. We, we, were, we were working on the Grove Dictionary of, of Music. Which was which was a very very big multi-volume reference work, 30, 34 volumes I think it was, um, and I got involved in building basically all of the production systems for for that software. Which was um, this was before XML, so it was an SGML workflow, but it was a whole workflow system. There were three and a half thousand contributors. Um, there were you know a couple of hundred editors. It was a massive massive project. It was a multi-year project. It took them I think ten years to publish the new edition. So it was a huge investment for the company and. And um, I was really right in the middle of the, the IT systems for, 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 for putting all of that together. Then we started to talk about, well, well, obviously, there's going to be a digital version of this because, you know, you could see that. And everybody at the time thought it would be it would be CD-ROM or some sort of some sort of multimedia. But we weren't, you know, we weren't entirely sure. And I, at the time was, you know, I was really already experimenting with 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 with, with the web because I'd started to build this system using web technologies. Oh, so here was that, Richard. That's very interesting. So this would have been, this would have been in the early nineties. This maybe was 92, 93. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and, you know, web browsers, you could, you know, they were, they were, they were pretty new. Um, um, I'm thinking maybe 93 was, was, was when some of this work started. Um, but, you know, we were, we were, I mean, it was, you know, again, there were no, there were no particular rules at that point. It was, you know, you could see you had an idea, you knew you wanted to make things work um, and you just sat down and, and, and played with the, with the code until you got what you wanted. Um, so, you know, we were in this kind of environment where there was a lot of change happening. Um, it became clear to me that, you know, the, 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 the this product, this this multi-volume dictionary, was going to have to be put on the web. Um, it, we, you know, we might be doing a CD, but for sure, it was just perfect material for the web. And and um, and so, um, you know, we started building prototypes. We we did focus groups. We talked to a lot of librarians and 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 you know and and end users that would you know, but obviously they were very interested in how the library community would 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 view this type of approach. Um, um, very quickly, we, 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 you know, we, uh, especially because at that time, Macmillan had a new CEO, it was, uh, it was Richard Charkin was, was brought into, uh, to Macmillan at that point. And, and he, he just absolutely gave everybody the mandate to get on with this very, very quickly to, to put it on the web. Um, so this is like, you know, before I started Semantico, I was deeply involved, embedded in their internal, internal team. Um, and at the time, the, the production director there at Macmillan, um, good friend of mine now John Peacock is his name um he he said to me Richard you know we, we need you to do this um if you want to do this um and I said well look John I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to start a company because uh, I can't do this on my own I'm, I'm gonna need help um and uh and so that was if you like that was the the point where I then st started to say okay well I need to put some people together I need to work out what it is that that I you know th th that we do to start a company and then we, we, you know, we've got a customer here, we're, we're ready to roll, you know, there's a big project, it's going to last for, you know, it's going to last for, you know, at least 18 months, couple of years. Um, and, and then on afterwards, you could see that there was always going to be, even at that stage, there were, there were, there was a lot of interest from, from in other parts of the market, because although journals had gone online, you know, around about that time, journals were already, you know, were starting to come online. Um, 
all of the other types of content, all of the other reference materials principally were, were you, you know, we were in early days. Encyclopedia Britannica was there and that was it. There was, there was really nothing else. So that was the, if you like, that was the kind of genesis of, of, of the thing. It was, it was, uh, it was, again, you know, I suppose if I look back on it, there's, a, there's an element of being at the right, in the right place at the right time. But then again, you know, if, if I hadn't had, um, uh, I suppose, if I hadn't had the skills to, to do what I could do, and if I didn't have the ability to bring, start to bring a team together, then, um, you know, I wouldn't have, and plus I had a desire to do it, you know, frankly, it was one of those things where, you know, you think, okay, this is a challenge, but I'm enjoying myself immensely. And um, you, you know, in a way you step into it without kind of having a, a big plan. You think, okay, well, this is what we're doing. This, this seems to work well, you know, there's, there's, we're being paid. Um, and, and this isn't, this doesn't feel like a dead end to me. This feels like something that's, that's got legs. And did you start off with the name Semantico from the very beginning? Indeed, yeah. So when I, 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 I mean, it was, it was, I had at the time a business partner and um, we sat together and, you know, we went through two, three different names and said, well, you know, what do we fancy? And, and that one just sprang out, um, sprang out as being very, very strong. Um, and I think that was partly because one, you know, one of the things that we were quite, if he's in a sense kind of concerned with was how do you how do you make sure you've, you've transferred the the kind of the information that's in in these texts which currently only exist how do you so it was all about you know what's the meaning of this and how do we take this meaning and make it um available on the web because so this was way before the things like the semantic web came about you know um and so you know although we were we, we were concerned with meaning it, you know, in a sense, that was a kind of happy coincidence for us because we didn't go down that sort of deep semantic web line that I know others have, have talked about. It was more us for it. For us, it was a bigger picture thing. It was saying, you know, this is about the, you know, the, the meaning in a big sense of, of, of all of this content. And how do you how do you translate that to be usable and you know, truly usable to respect its kind of deep nature? Because this was always content that was, you know, it was already multimedia content. Even when it was printed, you could see that it had such potential for multimedia. There were music examples in there. There was all sorts of deep and rich, you know, rich linking that was in there. Um, and, you know, there, there were, you know, the, the, because of the, if you like, the very, very high editorial standards that they had there, there was, the, the, the text was just full of information that was ready to be utilized digitally. Um, and so, you know, without going into lots of detail, you, you know, the, you could see that the, you know, semantics in the big sense was always going to be very, very important for this kind of content. You know, and that was brilliant because it, it, if I understand correctly, it bypassed the CD-ROM phase that other publishers we, um, had, had incorporated. We, we did. I mean, you know, I, early on we had... Now, we had one or two customers who really, really wanted CD-ROMs, and we said to them, "Look, okay, you know, we, we, you know, we really don't think this is gonna, this is gonna, this is not gonna last, because you, you could start to sense that CD-ROMs were, were gonna, you know, they were gonna come and go, um, especially when you looked at how, how, how." much more simple it was for us to update stuff on the web you know and you have to remember that this is what these debates were not fit you know they, they, they weren't resolved the answers hadn't come about but you know now you can say well it's obvious you know website we can update it in moments um back then you know you had to kind of you had to work to get get those messages across um we did do a couple of cd-roms but we did them we did them using web technology so you know we did them we built them in a very very similar way to to the way that we would have built the websites um as far as we could 
um, because that gave us leverage over the over the over the technology that we already had in our hands that we you know that we that we knew that we could use. And then from there, I, I guess because. <laughs> I mean, I remember that era. I was at Dow Jones at the time before I, I came over to, to Elsevier in 96. Um, I, had, I had not heard of anyone doing what you guys had achieved because everyone was doing the interim technology with, this, with, with the CD-ROM boxes. And um, what was the use? I'm curious, when it launched, what mm. was the usage initially and, and what was the response of the librarians? Uh, now that's a really, really good question. I mean, the response I can tell you for sure was extremely positive. You know, I mean, we had a, you know, there was it. I think that there was, you know, from a sales perspective, there was, you know, they were they had their hands full signing people up. You know, they, they it was it was it was extremely well received. Reviews again, it, it got great reviews. Um, you know, people were, you know, because I guess you know at that time it was the it. it and I have to suppose rewind this back a little bit. It wasn't actually the first product that we did because we because this was it had a long production life cycle to put this to put the Grove dictionary out. The first thing we did was actually the Routledge Encyclopedia of Philosophy. Um, so Grove came out slightly after that, um, but you know it yeah extremely well reviewed and people were you know excited both about the content which was of course you know a big deal in that community because in the it's particularly in the music library community the you know the grove is is the pinnacle it's it's it was and it still is and it probably always will be um you know it's the it's the most important sort of reference work um um so they were you know the reviews you know uh obviously didn't separate you know the kind of medium from the message this was all about saying you know this product works well um it's it's not just it's not just the the, the scholarly content which is of the you know of the, of the quality that everybody wanted and needed and expected um but also you know how you could interact with it which the, the, those models weren't fixed at that time you didn't have a big expectation of how a website looked of how an encyclopedia might look on the way how scholarly content might look so um yeah that was that was that was um how 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 was the usage now if i'm completely honest with you i don't remember the usage figures from back then you know um, you know, this is a long, long time ago. Um, but you know, yeah, we, you know, we, we, you know, there was, there was lots of, you know, there, there was lots of positive talk about it, and the forums were alike with people saying this is this is brilliant, um, and you know, we kept the the servers fed and watered. You know, but even then, Richard, with with the very extraordinary uh, pioneering effort that Semantico did in two thousand and one at the Association of American Publishers, PSP, Professional Scholarly Publishers Annual Conference, they had a debate as to whether books should be digital or not. Oh God, yes. I mean, <laughs> and, and I'm just, and, and I actually got up uh, after that and went to the director of PSP and said, uh, me and the gazillion people I bring from Elsevier, we're not coming back because it's that type of panel that stops innovation. Mm-hmm. And in 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 your role as a CEO of, of Semantico, how did you overcome some of those folks who were just holding on to the past? Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's a you know that you, you know what you say is absolutely you know rings true within my experience as well. There were you know I you know I would I mean, you know. Uh, 
it was one of those things, you know, when you start off a, a company like that, we, we bootstrapped from, you know, from zero effectively, you know, we are first, uh, I, you know, we had, I got a, a loan off of, off of a customer, it wasn't a loan, it was an advanced payment. I got an advanced payment of a first invoice and that's how I started. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't go to, uh, you know, it was literally bootstrapped from, from nothing. Um, and so, you know, you start off with two or three employees and then, you know, and then you scale up and you scale up and you scale up. Um, Going back to your question, you know, my role, I guess, the reason I'm, I'm mentioning that is because my role obviously changed hugely over, over, over the time that the business grew. Um, there came a point where I started to spend much more time going out and talking to customers, talking to potential customers, understanding the market. And so for me, that was the point where I started to come into contact really face to face with those kinds of those kinds of questions i mean you know, i remember having a meeting with a with a with 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 a head of a of a of a of a of a of the book department of a major scholarly publisher um and um his view was the same more or less as you've just said you know it was you know we don't i don't think we need books online you know they're never going to be they're never going to be successful um you know it's 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 uh, it's not it's not for us and um you know obviously you know in a position if you think of that you know i had my salesman's hat on and so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna i, I i'm not gonna get too um controversial in that in that in that conversation i'm i'm gonna say you know here look let me point to some examples where this is working you know let me show you some things and of course you know the problem i suppose when you're talking it's very easy to you know you we would get into these sort of circular arguments where somebody would say you know well you know that's all right but that's that you put music online but that's fine but music's not the same as art for heaven's sakes mm-hmm. uh, and you'd have a you'd have these kind of curiously sort of blinkered conversations i mean you know you you know in a way, that was a you know we had to develop strategies to to deal with this. This wasn't just a simple thing of saying, well, you know, we can win them, win people over one by one. You t- start to talk about messaging. You start to, and you know that's when we started to think about deeply think about how our marketing worked, what sort of messages we needed to be putting, what state the market was in, because you know the market obviously changed hugely over that that sort of twenty years that I ran the business. Um, and so you're right. In the early days, you know there was a you know you had to think about messaging, which was about you know, giving people not just concrete real world examples of where money was being made and customers were, were, were happy to have content delivered in that way. Um, but also, you know, how to, you know, and then it became thought leadership and it was, you know, you, so you've got a, you know, there's a, there's a huge opportunity there for thinking about, you know, understanding where a market is and then working out how your messaging meshes with the, if effectively with the level of maturity in the market. So, you know, some markets are more mature than others and you need to position accordingly. Right. And so what were some of the key lessons that you learned over the 20 years of being CEO of Symantec? If, 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 if you were addressing a group of young entrepreneurs who want to start their business, what would be like three or four key things that, that, that you would share with them? Sure. So, I mean, that's a, I mean, you know, in a way, that's such a big question. You know, I suppose, you know, there's, it's because, you know, you, you break it down into pieces, it dep- you know, not all businesses are the same, you know, some people want to, you know, you know, these days you probably would go and get some, you probably get some funding, whether it's kind of VC or angel or, or whatever. Um, and you'd be thinking, okay, well, you know, here's our, we've, 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 we've done our homework, we have our business plan and you probably have a, you know, a rapid growth strategy effectively. So, you know, under those circumstances, you know, you've got, you know, you've got a whole, 
different set of constraints to maybe the ones that we went through in Semantico, which was a you know it was a, it was a slower growth. It was quite rapid, but it was not you know like here's here's two million dollars. You know you've got to get you've got to you you've got to get a product out before this before you know before your runway's finished. So um, I would say you know you've got to you know leadership is going to be, you know, there's going to be a big piece about learning how to build a team around you. You know, if you've got track record with that, then then that's great. But you don't need to have track record with that. You just need to be, and this is, you know, I think my number one thing, you know, around all of these things is its ability to learn. I mean, for me, I, if I, if I, if I didn't have that ability, which I learned as a, which I, I suppose as a programmer, you know, this is one of those things where, you know, if you're a coder, you know, I always thought this anyway, Darrell, but then <laughs> I don't know if it was, you know, I don't know. I, because you know you tend to think of people as, as as being similar to yourself. I I always thought you know well, technology changes fast, right? So a good a good a person who's good in technology has got to be continuously learning because otherwise you get left behind and you get stuck on yesterday's technology. So you know I think that's a great starting point, which is why often technical people do make great leaders because you know you have to be you have to be a, a you know, continuous learner. But that's just like number one piece because, you know, you have to be comfortable to go outside your zone. You know, this isn't just about learning about tech. I had to learn sales. I had to learn marketing. I had to learn HR. I had to learn all of the pieces that make a business work. You know, you have to know about accounting and tax. You have to know, and, you know, you don't start off in a place where, you know, some people do, you know, you, you can go to a great school and learn a lot of that stuff. I, uh, you know, I learned, I learned a lot of stuff which was deeply technical at university, but it wasn't, it, it wasn't about how to hire people and, 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 and write a great sales plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, part of the job is, you know, you get the good people around you and then, you know, you, you, you know, you've got to delegate because obviously you, you're not going to be, you're not going to be as good a salesperson as your first salesperson. Um, funnily enough, you, you actually become the best salesperson in the company after a while because you have the passion and you have the vision. Um, but you have to learn. I mean, it's as simple as that, you know, and if you're ready to learn, then, then, you know, then you're in a good place. So I suppose, so several things that all surround that kind of core for me. So um, I, I want to um, um, uh, migrate over to, uh, you, you sold Symantico and, sure. and now um, you have a hotel that you are renovating in Italy and you also have a pub. So how did you tell us about that transition from technology CEO Sure. Again, it sounds, I mean, it sounds quite um, unusual, I suppose, you, you know, you think, well, and you know, and I guess for me, I was never, I wasn't expecting, you know, if you'd asked me when I saw, you know, if you'd asked me four years ago when I sold the company, you know, well, what are you going to do next, Richard? I, I'd have actually probably honestly, I'd have said to you, I know, I'm not entirely sure right now, you know, Darrell, I'm going to, I'm going to have a little bit of time to think about stuff. Well, you know, I did ask you that question for you. You probably did. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I probably that's probably what I said to you, wasn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I already had an idea that I, w- I wanted to, uh, you know, uh, you know, ha- having spent many, many years traveling to Italy, I already had an idea that I wanted to live there. Um, and so, you know, I started looking for for property. But at the time, I was quite um, I was quite focused on the idea of a wine business. I wanted to I wanted to. Um, 
I wanted a vineyard. And, and so I spent a lot of time looking for those sorts of properties. And, and I can tell you, you know, there's some amazing, there's some amazing vineyards <laughs> and in the south of France too. Um, but I didn't go down that road, road because I suppose because, you know, I was cautious and, you know, with my business hat on, I, I didn't want to do something that was, that, that was going to be, you know, expose myself to a lot of risk. And, um, you know, big wine business, I mean, and there were some big ones for sale, you know, you know, with kind of, you know, tens of hectares of, of vines um, just looked started looking to me I you know I, I started asking the question well, why are these businesses for sale you know because you have to ask questions and you know you start to realize that there was a lot of you know there's a lot of a lot of risk in those businesses they you know and they certainly weren't the kind you know I thought well you know look I've lived the high stress lifestyle now and I I don't need I don't need I don't need that level of stress in my life so I kind of the mod the vision got modified along the way and you know I think that's a good thing in a way you have to be prepared to be flexible sometimes you have to change your ideas or challenge them um you know and for me i guess there's one of those lessons you know you think you know you think well why would you why would you end up doing that and it's in it's you know you you find something that you're passionate about um and then you kind of you just follow your nose so uh you, you know i realized that actually running a small a small hotel or it's you know it's it's it is it will you know it will it will it will tick those some of those boxes that I you know that I that I like to tick, but it's in a completely different area, and and uh, and the pub business is again the same thing. You know, I've always had a strong connection to this this city to, to Brighton, um, and you can see that there's you know that I mean you know the it's very the hospitality scene here is very very vibrant. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of bars and a lot of restaurants, um, and I've already met some great people who I think have got great skills in that area. So again, you know me thinking yeah i guess with it this isn't a financial decision this is a you know you want to put some money into something it needs to be safe but it also needs to kind of contribute back to the to that community that you you know that you know and love and the, and you know for me that was a, that's a quite an easy decision because you know we we started talking about this project uh, about 18 months ago um and the the bar project that is and you know you've got to find the right you know location 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 you've got to find the right the right location with something like that you know you can hire good people you know you've got a good a really really good public and who's going to be in charge of that because that's not me I'm not going to be pulling the pints um, uh, and then you know but I'm very happy sitting there looking at the business level looking at how we're doing where where we need to you know where we need to steer you know all of those kind of you know they're the sort of they're the background things that make any business you know they make any business safe and maybe make it work you know you need to be thinking well have we have we looked at the you know have we looked at our hr you know do we do we have good job descriptions for people you know there's they're bread and butter things but they're you know they're the kinds of things that once you've learned them they become they become very useful you can redeploy those skills across into any different area that's right that's right believe it or not we are coming to the close of the interview uh, ladies and gentlemen, normally during the middle of the interview, I would say we're here with Mr. Richard Padley, former CEO and founder of Semantico, but he was given such great wisdom. I did not want to interrupt him. So do you think you ever might come back into the scholarly publishing industry with some type of new technology? I think, I mean, no, I think a technology gig, well, you know, I mean, I'm going to say no. And then I, you know, I might turn around and say, I changed my mind, Darrell. So, um, 
at the moment I don't have I don't I don't have that itch to scratch. What I do, you know, what I do miss and I do and I do value is 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 the kind of contact with all the people that I've uh, you know I've come to know in the industry over over all these years. Um, you know, and occasionally somebody comes to me and says, "Well, you know, we've got this little problem," and I and you know, and I you know, and partly I you know I I love those kinds of jobs because you know you get the opportunity to be the outsider and to ask what I kind of call stupid questions. You know, stupid stupid questions can be extremely powerful if they're if they're not stupid um you know because you get to say well i don't know why you do things like this just explain it to me and so i quite enjoy those kinds of those kinds of things but um i think the technology piece um i would happily advise on technology i would happily advise on that but you know i think i've been around the the circuit once i don't know you know you don't want to you don't want to solve the same problem twice <laughs> that's right that's right that's right that's right have you read the book the spatial web i haven't no Darrell, no i haven't is it tell me about it it is phenomenal it takes the semantic web to the next level okay cool i'll and, put it on my list and i'll make sure i introduce you to the author he's a yeah. fascinating nice. fellow so but uh, what what parting thoughts would you like to leave with our audience about leadership I think, you know, I, I mean, I, I would, I, you know, I'm tempted just to circle around to, to saying the things I said earlier, but, you know, maybe things that I didn't say earlier, but, you know, they, they kind of come across just because, you know, there's some passion there. You know, if you don't have passion, then, you know, uh, I'm saying if this isn't, this isn't table stakes, this is something where, you know, leadership involves some passion, you know, you, you know, and so passion is what brings people around you. Passion is, you know, you know, you don't, you know, you, you could say vision as well, but vision is sort of, you know, sometimes when you're starting off in an industry, it's difficult to see exactly where you're going. You've got an idea, but you're not, you know, you're not laser focused on where that exactly goes, but you know that it's going in the right direction. So, you know, having a kind of super laser vision, yeah, maybe I'd say focus for sure. You know, you need to be focused. Once you've once you've decided where you're going, then you need to be absolutely. And so sometimes you have to be able to say no as well. You know, but I think you know that that passion thing is 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 where you know some people would call it charisma. You don't have to be charismatic. You have to be passionate because then people will believe you. Um, and like I said before, you know, being a, being a learner, being a being a lifelong learner, being able to listen to people, you know, mm-hmm. learning from others, um, they're they're all hugely important. Um, uh, you know, I think, I mean, I'm, a, I'm an improviser, right? So I'm, I'm self-taught and I'm an improviser. Not everybody has to be like that. I don't think that those are prerequisites for, for great leadership. Um, that's just how I am. Yep. Um, but, you know, being able to improvise does help. Wow. Well said. Well said. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank our guest, Mr. Richard Padley, former founder and CEO of Semantico. And now he is in the hotel and pub business. Richard, thank you for coming on the program. Thank you, Darrell. Ladies and gentlemen, that wraps it up for this week on Leadership with Darrell W. Gunter on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. I want to wish you a very good weekend, but remember, leadership begins with you. WSOU 89.5 FM.